two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. Juliana Pena, you just shook up the world. <laughs> I'm not surprised, motherfucker. This might be the biggest upset in the history of the sport, but you said what you were going to do, and you did exactly what you said. I told you, don't ever doubt me again. Willpower, strength, and determination, it will take you places. <laughs> Well, Laurel, I think the entire MMA community was shocked by that one. <laughs> what a great fight. Right. <laughs> what a great fight. You know, I was too bad Amanda lost because I love her, of course. I think she's the GOAT, but I have to hand it to Pena. I mean, she went in and she evidently had a good plan. Yep. She um, won fair and square, and I think that she had the um, several good rounds, um, and Nunez just didn't do enough. Some people will say her, you know, she didn't look right, her heart wasn't in it, or maybe it's just that Pina looked good. <laughs> Well, we've got, I think, like two or three questions about that result on its own. Um, but, oh, I was going somewhere with this. New, um, we'll discuss a little bit. Um, Nunez definitely looked good round one. But round two, something something just seemed up in round two. It, it, I kind of had like, <laughs> it's funny, I had vibes of uh, McGregor versus Diaz, their first fight, where McGregor completely dominated the first round, and then something just completely happened, and Diaz took over, and he landed his own naked choke. Speaking of which, did you see that Diaz responded to Juliana Pena's "I'm not surprised" thing? <laughs> <laughs> like mirrored together, like real recognizes real, or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. On that note, welcome FKTC crew to episode 22. As you can tell, they, we have a lot to unpack here. Um, but I figured before we go over the main card of 269, um, we're gonna do that. We have tons of questions, which I think we'll cover those first. Yeah, We'll cover those after the, predict not the predictions, after the recap. And then we have our UFC Vegas 45 predictions. And then we mm -hmm. have just a tad bit of MMA news. No, yeah, yeah. So, um, were there any prelims on the card on 269 that you would like to talk about? Hmm. I didn't see many of the prelims. I had some other things uh, going on, like a trip to Lincoln, Nebraska for the day. Okay. I only got to see the main card on on my way home 
I did uh, watch, not while I was driving, of course. Of course. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I did watch some of the some highlights and recaps. And overall, I thought this was a pretty decent card. And I would have given it total like a B plus. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I kind of give it like a borderline. I don't know, just from the overall shock factor and the finishes and everything that happened, I'd have to say like maybe an A minus. Oh. And yeah. there's pretty much like one or two fights that pretty much gave it that A minus in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but if there's, I mean, I've got two fights that I'd like to cover if you'd like to hear them. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, so my one of my favorite female fighters, Jillian Robertson, kicked off the card with a bang with a mm-hmm. uh what's it called at the bell submission victory mm-hmm. um she's back in the win column although her win isn't the biggest story of this car co- of that fight the biggest story comes from her opponent priscilla cachoeira and the f- she turned and <laughs> i wrote this down word for word turned into a cheating sleazy scumbag <laughs> are we are we talking about the eye pokes here um, not only the eye pokes. Well, first off, she missed weight by three pounds. Oh shit! So that was already that already hampered down the fight. So Jillian, I think, ended up winning like thirty percent of her purse or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the biggest part of it were the two blatant eye pokes. No, it was more like the two blatant eye gouges. Yeah, I can't. I um. That was terrible. I actually did see see that fight. Um, well, a par- portion of that fight, but um, because I caught the ending of it, but the eye pokes were, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's just like, yuck. Right. You're, uh, you're going, you're going to like this, um, I've not even seen the guys do it. Mm-hmm. Like no one like blatantly has done that when they knew they were in trouble. Yeah. And you can't even say, oh, she was reaching up because all she was doing was trying to press the thumb into the eye. Yeah, you can definitely tell with the second one, she was like searching for that eye to gouge out. Right. She was with her right hand. She was <laughs> feeling around the forehead and everything. If- I were Jillian, I would have just head-butted her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you're losing that bad, desperate times call for desperate measures. Right. Right. Um, My, well, I guess since she saw it, um, my question is, and I actually would have, and I'm going to say my piece to it. Do you think that, like, her deliberately trying to gouge out Jillian's eyes. Do you think that's um, worth being cut in the UFC? At least a suspension, right? At least mm-hmm. a suspension. Yep. Is she have a habit of that? Um, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything. 
mean, mostly she's, I think so. I know she didn't do well her first two fights in the UFC. And then she won two of her fights or one. No, yeah, she won two fights in a row. And so this was her fifth UFC fights. And I don't think she, I think she does have a history of missing weight from what I understand too. Um, but this you, is it, the thing. How can we, how can we say one way or another? Because Dana lets some things go and keeps guys around for more severe offenses or offenses. And uh-huh. I think though that cheating in the match like that is just another level. Yeah. I think a chance to see his, um, post game or not his post game um his post fight press conference so i'll have to see if like a, someone like talked about that in a sense which mm-hmm. we'll reference back to once we hear i i feel like it's gonna be one of those that has to be reviewed and i wouldn't be so like at the very least priscilla catchway needs to be suspended but i am totally fine with them i'm totally fine if the ufc cuts her from the promotion for that but that is my two cents on that yeah I'm just I don't care if she ever fights again same watch (laughs) (laughs) oh watch if someone's beating her ass right throw her Valentina again yeah right um it's just that because the like she was like deliberately trying to injure her and if you're like digging right in the eye that could be like that almost that could be career threatening for Jillian Mm -hmm. right there so I think by the virtue of that they have I think based off of that I think the right move would be to release her but if they suspend her for I I would go even a year's worth a year maybe two years suspension for that yeah if you in in uh, and I think I think for the women's uh, competitions and weight classes, I think a two-year suspension is pretty serious in that that sport because or in that in the women's. Di- Sorry, I'm repeating myself. I think the two-year suspension in the women's division is pretty serious because that seems to be the 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 women's weight classes are just uh developing quicker Mm -hmm. there's more women entering right they're tougher and um i think that to be out for two years is is a little bit of an issue Right, I'm actually gonna look up and see what her. Oh, and here's the thing, Priscilla is 33. So a two year suspension could be a kind of a death sentence mm-hmm. because she's getting up there in age. <clears throat> so to cheat twice in a fight, once before the fight and once during the fight. Yeah. No bueno. So, but happy for Jillian because she got the win. 
she is the reason I named the second half of this uh, throat cuddles. So, um, and then my only other fight I have from the prelims was tied to Avasa defeating Augusto Saki, a uh, 26-second round two knockout. Um, yeah, that was it. Was a fun fight. Um, Tuavasa, who's more known for his power, actually decided to go with the clinch game and decided to like do a little bit of dirty boxing, striking from the clinch. And mm-hmm. in the second round, like first round, he clinched him up quite a bit, and then the second round, he like hit him, and then. Somewhat, I forgot who engaged in the clinch, but they clinched up and then Tuivasa separated through a mean right hook that landed his chin and then another one and he just <laughs> fell flat. He, it, it was almost kind of like, it was almost similar to the, the way Stipe Miocic fell when he lost to Francis Ngannou. It was that bad. <laughs> I'll, have and, and, I'll have to go back and watch that one. The one fight that I did go back and watch was the Ryan Hall, uh, Derek Minner, Derek Minner fight, and yeah, yeah, it was it was that was bad. Do you know your his pride took over? His pride took over that fight, mm-hmm. and lost because he was an idiot. Just oh yeah, it. Oh yeah was not pretty for him. Yeah. Disappointment uh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tai Tuavasa ended his fights um, celebrating with a shoey. And I actually, I know you, Minnie and I talked about it last week. Like there were, there were not a whole lot of females doing shoeys. On Twitter, I saw like two or three females that ended up doing a shoey after that fight or sometime after that and I was like okay okay gross <laughs> no thank you hard pass disgusting I also did a shoey <laughs> after that I'm like damn done just say no to the shoeys your feet have been in there. Not if you cleaned it out first. Because Labradorus Rex leaves dog hair out in my shoes. <laughs> dog hair. <laughs> but it's just one of the many reasons I wouldn't do a shoey. That's fair. What if you got a clean shoe, though? No. Although, oh, Taito also actually took it from like a fan shoe. The, sh- the fan like threw it to him and also threw him the beer. It's like, oh, okay. Then I wouldn't, I, 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 would, I wouldn't drink out of a random person's shoe because I don't know where they've been. Dag. At least I know where my feet have been. So, but even then, I can understand it not being pleasant. Hard but pass. I know you'll pass, you'll pass. So, 269. The way, the way guys and girls think. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, guys are kind of used to the gross, gross stuff. Yeah, guys are used to being gross. <laughs> <clears throat> eh. Eh. 
Um, so that was a little bit. Oh, and Dominic Cruz uh, got his victory. He actually lo he looks pretty good. And I'll have to see what. And there'll be a question about him coming up on the podcast. Um, he looked he looked pretty good, except for the two times he got knocked down. Yeah, except for the two times he got knocked down. Yeah, that that was those are the only two bad moments. I um. You know, we have a voice question on that, and I guess I think I'll address it later. Okay. That's fair. Um, but I have concerns about him and his ability to reach a high ceiling. I, I, I understand that. <laughs> um, <laughs> main event recap time. Round one, Yay. let's go. Uh, first off, we had Sean O'Malley defeating... Raulian Pabea. I think I got that right. Um, first round knockout. 18 seconds left to go in the, in the first round. Um, Masterclass performance by O'Malley. Of course, I'll be surprised when he's... I, I don't even know if I would call Pabea a can because he did end up... He won a good fight earlier early this year. So I don't know if I'd call much of a can. It was a little bit more of a step up in competition. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It was good for O'Malley, but I I didn't not that I didn't get much of a feel for it. Like it was just one of those we know it's gonna happen. So yeah, I mean the the excitement for Sean O'Malley is his hair and personality, is it not? Mostly. I mean, he's a good fighter. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Can't see. I just can't see him going further than what he does. Right. Like as far as like step up in competition. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna be like a really good prospect, but until he can show us that he can beat someone like in the top ten. I mean, even even he was ranked and he had issues with Cheeto Vera, who was, I think, ranked number 14 or 15 at the time. But then again, Cheeto Vera's been around the sport a while, too. Right. But I think it'll be, we'll have to see who he gets paired up with next and just go from there. And there's a lot of options for him out there, honestly. There is. He just, he might as well fight everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Prove your worth. Fight this guy. Then fight this guy. Then fight this guy. And then 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 maybe we'll get you a title shot. I mean, it's a big division. It's a big, big weight class. So mm -hmm. might there's as well a, go for it. Yeah, there's a lot of talent. And the record holder here in number of fights. <laughs> right. Um, but that's pretty much all I had about that fight. It was not it wasn't shorts, but it also was ex expected, basically. Yeah. Um, and we both picked O'Malley. Oh yeah, obviously we both picked O'Malley on this one. Uh, fairly certain we both picked O'Malley, right? Mm -hmm. mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Um, next fight. Um, I expected this fighter to win didn't expect it in this way 
Although I kind of should have thought about that. Um, Kai Car France defeating Cody Garbrandt, first round knockout. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say this: uh, Cody Garbrandt's chin failed him again. Yeah. Um, Lots that fails that guy. Yeah. He, <laughs> he has not been the same since he won the title at 207. And that was over 60 events ago and over 100 events ago. Wow. Um, Kai Car France surprised me. I totally forgot how great his striking is. Um, it looks pretty even, though, though, Cody. Kai Car Ranch was controlling the octagon a bit because Cody Cody just like circled, circled, one, two, circled, circled, one, two. And then out of nowhere, um, I think it was Kai Car France threw a kick, which Cody checked. And then on the next like quarter turn, they exchange and Car France just lands straight on his chin and he falls flat. Wow. And then it was, although I don't know if you saw it, but when he knocked him down the first time, he kind of did like a Nate Diaz and it's like, what? Before he went over and took him out or not took him out, like started striking with him. And then Cody got back up, Kai Car French chased him, knocked him down a second time. Mm-hmm. And then Cody, uh, Cody panicked and tried to wrestle with them. Um, it allowed him to gain his wits for like maybe a moment, but then I think it was like maybe 45 seconds later, it was another one, two, three. He's like wobbling. He's trying to fight back. And then I think as car front either was moving a little bit forward or backing up, landed a one, two, and Cody was out. Mm-hmm. He, he was, um, Herb Dean actually stopped the fight before. Cody fell to the floor. Um, I was surprised at how big Cody Garbrandt was compared to Kai Car France. Um, but <laughs> this is one of my, one of the few, few times I get to say this: the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Uh, round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I play a video clip. Um, what were your thoughts about that fight? Oh, I, I, um, I think uh, Garbrandt was a little careless, probably underestimated his opponent a bit. Um, I really feel like Garbrandt kind of seemed confused about what he should be doing when when he was in in the ring with France and so I'm glad he lost I don't I mean I'm not glad he lost but I'm just not not a big fan of his so right I don't care that he lost I guess (laughs) Um, it was nice to see France uh work work Garbrandt over and and get that win oh yeah um so this was being flung around a lot and i kind of have to agree with them is it time for garbrandt to hang up the gloves two fights ago (laughs) two 
actually back to go. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong you're not wrong is that an option though um oh, if, if you to go if you can go back in time then yeah it's possible but if we if, maybe three nights ago <laughs> three fights ago could actually that wouldn't be too far off because i think that was around the time he got knocked out by pedro munoz <laughs> I, I actually thought after that fight is when he should have retired. But if we did go back in time, we wouldn't get this amazing clip. And we're going to be talking about this guy later on, um, Israel Adesanya. I will say this before I play the clip. Find you friends that get as hyped for you as Israel Asanya got for Kai Car friends. And I am going to explain why. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm about to explode. Let's go. I'm about to explode. I'm about to explode. Let's go. Find him. Find him. Find him. Scramble. Scramble. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Jen, Jen, cool down, cool down, Kai, cool down, cool down, cool down. Take your time, Kai, cut him off. That's it. Oh, it's done. It's done, son. I put three grand. That fucking shit. That fucking money on his head, bro. That fucking money on his head, bro. That fucking money on his head. That fucking money on his head. That fucking money on his head. Let's fucking go. Oh, I said I was about to explode. You feel the fucking tension. Let's go. Let's go. Tell him. shot. Let's go. Let's go. I don't compete in a jujitsu concert or jujitsu tournament on January 22nd. So I'm wondering if Israel can just come on over and cheer me on. <laughs> Maybe. In the uh, women's senior division. And I'm going to need all the help I can get. Well, let's give him a call and find out. Yeah. But yes, very, <laughs> that's a true friend for you right there. That's right. Um, <clears throat> our next fight, which is probably the least entertaining fight on the pay-per-view card, was Jeff Neal defeating Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think I said that right this time. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm not good yeah. at it. Uh, split decision victory. Wait, or was the air uh, like your reaction to the fight? Boring. <laughs> that was my reaction. Yeah. Is it what you expected? <laughs> no, I, I expected it to be a lot higher paced and a lot more like get me at the edge of my seat. But it was just like, what's going on? Like, yeah, you guys are known for their striking. Like, I, I need to see some action. But right. even though they were split, even though it was a split decision, like, oh, like you're at the edge of your seat, it was to me, it was probably the most boring split decision fight that I've ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I wonder who's going to win this one, or man, it's tough, or you're like, oh, geez. Yeah. The guy went and made popcorn during that fight. <laughs> yeah, make the popcorn. Get ready for the title fights. Yeah. 
this was this this was probably like the perfect fight to just like all right let me do what i need to do go take my bathroom break go get my rest of my food go get drinks and then get right back to it like all right we're sold in we got these title fights coming up yeah right right See, this was just the the prep fight, the the prepping rounds. Yeah. The the real action. Right. Hmm. I, and I think because we had two straight first round finishes, like, oh, like keep going, keep going. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was slumbering. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um I think Santiago had the better numbers. Like he had, he landed more strikes, but I think it was just one of those situations where Neil's probably more damaging. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would know, but I was just like, what am I watching? Can you do something? I'm going to go to the bathroom. I want to go get food. I'm going to go get drinks. And I think I vacuumed my floor. So yeah. Boring fights. I'll like sweep or vacuum because then. All I need to hear is the announcers because then, then I know what's going on. I don't even have to watch it. Right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You um, a lot of house cleaning done. A lot of house cleaning in 20 minutes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. You're the kind of person that cleans at 1030 at night if you're on the East Coast. No, no, sorry, not 1030 at night. Excuse me. 11 30 at night no 11 o'clock because those two fights were quick i totally forgot yeah. i don't know if you're a late night cleaner this fight was perfect to clean that's right that's right. Uh, Get everything done that you needed so you can sit down and watch nunez and pina and oliviera and poirier yep which speaking of which we're up to the coat co-main event madness um juliana pena defeated amanda nunez the goat by a throat cuddle rear naked cuddle of all things yep so listen listening you can't become better unless you lose once or twice right in most cases everybody has a weakness Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure what Amanda's is whether it was mental or stunned which would still be mental I mean I don't I don't know how to explain it mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain what happened I think that Pina had a legit good fight though that that the rounds, the punches that she threw, the 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 grappling, that would have been enough to beat anybody, really. Right. And it just so happened that it was Nunez that night, I guess. Mm hmm I mean, people are horrified, but it doesn't target or it doesn't tarnish what Amanda Nunez is. Exactly. And and it won't be. It, it won't be um, it won't be one of those like Ronda Rousey things where she just retires. Oh no. The loss was so hard. I mean she's she's a fighter. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. It was just one of those things where, you know, at first you can't believe what's what you're what's happening and you're watching it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, this isn't going well. <laughs> the realization sets in. And then by the time you hit the fifth round, you're like, oh, fuck it. We've lost. <laughs> facts. That's true facts. Oh, I, I'm kind of that way in football and basketball, too. <laughs> Woo. Yep. Oh, before I forget, shout out to my, uh, I call my bro, uh, Travis from the Knee Circles podcast. He texted me about 10 to 12 hours before that fight, called it. He said Pena was going to win. Really? He did. Got the text. He to on prove it. He's, he's on some message board drama that predicted that Amanda was throwing the fight. Eh, probably not. Oh, um, yeah. I don't think that, by the way, is a valid rumor. That she threw the fight? Yeah. Yeah, you'll hear my thoughts on that soon. Because I do have some, I do have some reasons as to why, what conspired, basically. Oh. Um, but I will say, it's at a loss of words. Um, I... I would say this is probably the biggest upset since Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey. Um, and it, the reason why I was surprised, I think it's probably a bigger upset because, because of how contrasting both those fights are. Holly Holm controlled the fight all the way through. Nunes yeah. actually did control the first rounds, but some something happened in the second round which we discussed earlier i think it was kind of like a connor nate situation here where something had happened and like pena had like pena had a chin on her or was just defending very well so she was able to weather the storm keep that in mind weather the storm because we're talking a little bit about that in a little bit um but i think when Pena started coming back at her and started striking, Nunez got a little worried. And I did watch the rest of that Israel Adesanya video because he does talk about the Pena-Nunez fight. And he said that Nunez panic struck when she was getting hit. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. So it's and like- And she'd never taken those types of hits before? Yeah, similar, something like that. Hmm. And- it was actually Nunez that engaged the clinch. And that's when Juliana Pena just threw her on, like it looked like a hip throw, like a judo throw onto the, maybe not exactly a judo throw, but it was definitely a hip throw. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the hip throw landed, she got right on the back and just sunk in that rear naked choke. She, uh, I call it the throat freaking cuddle upset. The throat freaking cuddle. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty much all. That's all I had. Like, I don't know if you saw Twitter, but like, I showed like my facial expression. Like, that was how I looked when Pena threw the upset. I literally got from my seat, was like, what did I just watch? Like, I was silent for like a good, I was silent from the minute that happens until Juliana Pena's, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, she pulled an eight Diaz. And then it's like, and then, and then reality set in. It's like, she actually won that fight. I, I, 
I gotta go to the bathroom. I can't take, I can't process this right now. But we have plenty of questions about that on Pena, on Yunez, on the fight later on. But mm -hmm. before we before we do, let's get right to this main event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you lead it off. Um Yes, you did win. I picked Charles. He performed as I expected. He's a badass. And that's all I have to say about that fight. Oh, that's it. I wasn't even surprised. Well, now, why don't you say it? I'm not surprised? Why would I say that? I, I said, why don't you say it? The way Nate oh, yeah. Diaz and Julian Pena says it. <laughs> um, I, I thought I thought Oliviera had Oliver, Oliveira, Oliviera, <laughs> Oliveira just had a, a great fight. He's a just he's just a great competitor, fun to watch. He um, his diversity is just plays to his benefit, and he just he just out. He just boat raced Dustin, in my opinion. I, I just thought it was a great fight, well executed, well planned. And I think both fighters are really courageous guys. They're good fighters. And I really respect the, the bout mm -hmm. in, in general. Right. Because they're two great competitors and they accept loss, um, accept a loss graciously, and they accept wins graciously. So that's right. It was a great fight. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like both guys. It was shame one had to lose, but I'm definitely gutted for Dustin because this was probably <sighs> coming off of two wins against Conor McGregor, like. That's yeah. motivation enough, like, oh, yes, I get this title. Man, but I, I will agree that Charles Oliveira was the better guy. But Dustin did come out pretty well in that first round. I think he even scored a knockdown mm -hmm. on Charles Oliveira. But I think after that knockdown, Oliveira is like, all right, I got to change up my game plan because another one of those, and I could be out like a light. Um, right. I, I think what helped Charles win that fight where his body strikes starting with that first round on mm -hmm. those knees the body like it started to weaken Dustin a little bit because he I don't think he's ever had to really experience that um as far as I can remember seeing I put want to say I've seen I know the first fight of Poirier I saw was his fight with Gaethje maybe I think that was the first time I ever witnessed uh, Dustin Poirier. And so I don't think he's ever had to experience that before. Oh, no, 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 wait. I saw his first fight with Eddie Alvarez. That's right. Um, yeah. But, um, on the strike tracker, like the damage tracker that, that uh, I think ESPN does, uh -huh. he had a lot of blows. I mean, his... You know how they do it, red to yellow, yellow to red? Right. His entire torso and face was just red, 
with some yellow on the sides. It was <laughs> it's pretty vicious. I mean, it was painful just looking at the the uh, the significant strike tracker. <laughs> right. Oh well. All right. Um. I really. Like I liked both guys. I really wanted Dustin to win, but I, I had a feeling I, I should have learned from what happened in his fight with Habib that yeah. he like he is subjected to getting submitted. And I think that's something that he kind of had like especially it's like a the rear naked choke that he, I don't think he's ever been arm barred. I don't know, I'd have to look. But <sighs> He's just got to watch that neck area, especially when he's going up against. And it's kind of a shame that he can't fight someone his own style, too. But that's the nature of the fight game. You fight whoever is put in front of you. And the opponent was Charles Oliveira. Thought he had a good shot in the first round, but Oliveira had the game plan and got the win. So I want to slam Conor McGregor in the fact that he is where he should be behind Poirier, Poirier. Mm -hmm. and I really think that the rankings in that weight class or weight division are, are good mm -hmm. as, as they are assigned. And I think the only change that's happened so far in those rankings is Gaethje and Poirier has now flipped. Gaethje is now the number one contender, which is where he should. Right. Right. Um, but that's all I've got for 269. Okay. So um, the only... Uh, so I was looking at our totals tonight for the calculations of the wins and losses. And I'm like, how are you two fights short? So I went back through uh -huh. and all the calculations. And so now, right now you are sitting at 19 and 20. Okay. And I am sitting at 20 and 19. Oh, wow. So we're neck and neck. Because mm -hmm. a miscalculation occurred during the uh, cost of a Tory week. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm keeping this honest. I, I, I believe you. Do the people hear my crinkling papers? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to need to know. Okay, so, oh, I'm sorry. So last week we should have been at 19 and 20, 20 and 19. After the fights last week, this week, you're at 19 and 21, and I'm at 21 and 19. Because the Oliveira Poirier Last fight. week we entered 19 and 20, 20 to 19. Gotcha. Now we're... 19 and 21 and I'm 21 and 19. Gotcha. So, but I'm still being honest about it. You got it. You got it, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Ready to get into our questions since pretty much all yeah. of them are involved around this. 
So I want to touch up on the Twitter question we got. Um, yes. Before we get anywhere. So let me see if I can pull it up real quick. It comes from actually the first um, guest we had on FKTC pod. From, oh, actually, before I forget, there is a stat from this UFC 269 that I thought you'd be interested in. You ready? Okay. Yes. Amanda Nunez last suffered last suffered defeat seven years ago at UFC 178 to Kat Zingano. On that same card, Dustin Poirier lost that night to Conor McGregor, and Dominic Cruz won the prelims. Ooh. So these three fighters are connected. Interestingly enough, crazy. It's funny because New, New, uh, not Nunez, Pena did mention the loss that um, Nunez suffered to Katzengano. So mm-hmm. something worth looking. Um, so with that out of the way, we have our first. We'll get into our Twitter questions. All right, but there's one that I want to show you. Um, it's from an actual UFC fighter, Ike Valley Flag. He tells us okay. that. He tells us that throat cuddles is his favorite search on certain adult sites. Weird. <laughs> well, let him do his thing, I guess. I don't. I don't know what that says about him, but <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna read this real quick. Um, husband found enjoys building things and punching people that they went. I'll just see what organization he's part of. I'll have to do that later on. Cause that's actually very interesting that he says he says that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get to so our first question comes from the first guest of our podcast, Sin City Sarah. So, so her question is where do you expect to see Juliana Pena in five years? Sending love guys, what a freaking night. Retired. You think Pena's retired in five years? Who uh, who's going to be better than Amanda Nunez to hang your hat on? Or is this going to be one of those rematch trilogy things? Um, actually, now think about. It. I'm just trying to see real quick. So Julia Pena is oh she's my age. She is 32 years old. If that means anything. Um, this isn't talked about a whole lot, but I could see where this could possibly gain some some traction. What if Valentina Shevchenko, now that Nunez isn't there, decided, I'm going to go chase champ champ status and decides to fight Juliana Pena to to be a two-division champion? Because there's history there because... Valentina defeated Pena back in 20, oh, what year was it? 2017, like right at the turn of 2017, because Shevchenko and Pena were fighting for the number one contender to fight Amanda Nunes, and Shevchenko won by, I believe, the second round arm bar at UFC Denver that year. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of history that Pena would want to get that one back, but 
I think they're just going to do the automatic, the immediate rematch because of how accomplished Amanda Nunes is. Yeah. You know, Pino fine or um by Shevchenko. Gosh, why can't I see that? Um, but she'll get beat again. Possibly. Tina, I think that the real, you know, what if Amanda had a bad night or whatever others want to believe? I think that the real, the real fight money would be the Nunez fight mm-hmm. to, to do it again. But I, I mean, if you, if, if you do end up taking a bout with, with Valentina and you get beat, do you go fight Amanda Nunez? You know, you don't, do you fight Amanda Nunez again or not? And if you win against Valentina, then you've won against two of the greats in the women's sport. So who else is there? Right. So either way, I guess there has to be some sort of new up and comer to be able to challenge Juliana or there's really nothing to fight about. Right. Is there? I'm not sure. I mean... I feel like there's just so many avenues, but I know they're going to stick with the, help me out here. They're going to stick with the rematch, but you could also see Pena facing Holly Holm. You could see, I, I think, oh, uh, Pena could try to get um, get that fight back with Jermaine Durandame because oh, yeah. Jermaine uh, beat her about two years ago I believe no it was a year no I think it was a year ago yeah I believe it was about a year ago and so they could run that back I mean I think Juliana Pena kind of like her being champion would provide fresher opportunities for that Bantamweight mm-hmm. division but but five think, years worth I don't know if it'd be I would probably say to answer Sarah's question, I would probably say Pena will probably, and plus she has a kid too. So I'd say she probably is going to retire. Yeah. uh, Probably within those five years, maybe like maybe right at the five years she retires. Right. So. Did she uh, like the men do? Did she, uh, after her fight interview, I want Valentina. No, she, no, she, uh, Juliana Pena automatically entertained the idea of rematching Amanda Nunez. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's the fight that makes the most sense. Right. But something could happen and they could go in a different direction. Who knows? Although if you also think about it, Amanda Nunes hasn't defended that belt in almost two years. So having her go down to 135 when she's been around 145 for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something that we will talk about in a little bit too, because there's just so many conflicting factors. But before I do get too ahead of myself, 
We do want to thank you, Sarah, for the wonderful question. Check out oh, her. Check out her wonderful YouTube channel. I hear she is doing a 25 days of Christmas where she does a vlog every single day. So you all should check mm -hmm. that out. Check it out. And I will check out the episodes I've missed, Sarah. I apologize. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, so next up is uh, see where do we where do we go? Go, go, go? Let's go with this one from Juice from the Friendly Sparring Cop podcast. What's up, front kicks and throw cuddles? This is Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. My question is, are we living in a fucking simulation? Is this real life? We are living in a world where Juliana Pena is champion of the world. This is a, 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 an existence, whatever you want to call this, simulation, as I said earlier, where fucking Amanda Nunes wilted from the pressure of... A woman in Juliana Pena who got submitted by a kickboxer her last f couple fights. Like, what? And Dustin got choked out by Char... I mean, okay, to be fair, that's that's a lot more believable. Uh, I obviously thought Dustin was going to win, but I, I knew Charles could submit him. That shit was just... Ugh. Tonight was just pain. Not the good kind. Can we really call it pain? Can we really call it pain? some... He must have had some money down. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, someone put down, I think, 300000 300, to 318k to have Nunes win that fight. Oh, um, how they must be feeling right now. So this is Vegas's fault because Vegas wasn't built on winners. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um. I will admit that the Pena victory was very surprising. And then, and you said it before, like you kind of predicted that Oliveira was going to win. So are we living in a simulation? I think all but, all but like one or two people and one of which I knew thought that Pena was going to win that fight. So simulation in that regards, maybe, maybe. But I think that'll kind of tie into some other questions. Um, it's, it's just sports, man. Yeah. Any given any given day, somebody can pull off a victory. Yep. And in this case, heart or drive or someone's not in it and someone's really into it or, you know, you're hitting your best shots that day and mm -hmm. you're on fire. You feel confident. You ate your Cheerios or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Your steroid pills, whatever um, it is. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it, right? The wins and the losses and how it makes us feel. And you can lose too much for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but every once in a while, you have to get beat to find yourself again. Right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you, Juice, for the wonderful question. If you haven't already, check out his podcast, The Friendly Sparring Podcast. He and Leo put on a very phenomenal show, which is I will be checking out his episode in probably tomorrow at some point. So thank you, Juice, for the question. Our, ne 
Our next one comes from our good friend Cakes. Let's see what she has to say. All right, I'm going to get this in before everyone else does. This is Cakes, and I just had a quick question. Do you think Amanda Nunez gave up? Because she wasn't prepared for those jabs and just didn't adjust, and I can't. I just can't even right now. What do you think? Love the show. Night. Not a lot of us can't even at that result. Um, Ava, that's an interesting. It is. It's. It is a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I. I'm clearly I'm not Amanda Nunez. Um, and sometimes I feel like I give up in jujitsu, uh, but my give up looks different than what if if Amanda Nunez was giving up, mine looks way different. Right. Um, I don't know. Is is uh, mental defeat the same as giving up? Um, Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, I think it has a point. In, in some ways, in that fight, Amanda did give up. Um, but I don't know. Um, it, it'd be interesting to, and I should have done this before the fight or after the fight, but from before the podcast, but it will, it'd be interesting to read Amanda's words on what happened, right? what she thinks happened. She's uh-huh. a competitive drive. I don't feel like that she, like she would give up. No, I don't think so either. Um, uh, but at times you can tell when a fighter's not into it and watching that fight, I felt like there were times where I saw her didn't, she kind of looked like um, Diaz where she was kind of rolling along and getting beat and then she'd have some, a flurry and then just get beat again. And it just didn't look like we talked about how it didn't look like his heart was in it. Well, maybe she at times didn't look like her heart was in it on this round. So right. Um, it's, it's hard to say. And I guess if your your heart's not in it and you're in the middle of a fight and you're not trying as hard or uh, it does look like you're giving up. So I guess it just depends on how you want to express the loss. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that um so when she sent me this question I was actually very curious because I actually had to go back and watch that fight and see like what had happened and that's where everything was dissected and so with that said I did write down some keep some points here let me see if I can pull them up real quick so so this was for my reference any of these could have happened Nunes throwing those. Sh- so here, hold on, let me think. Wait a second. My eye just like completely decided it wanted to attack. 
Um, for as long as I've been watching the sport, I've been following Amanda Nunes very closely. In a, in a sense, whenever she fights, because uh-huh. most of her fights kind of finish very quickly. I've realized, especially in the fight with Valentina Shevchenko the second time around, the longer a fight goes, the more tired she starts looking. And I know that fight was only a round and a half, but I also agree that Pena had a really good game plan. She Basically, she did the KISS game plan. You know what the KISS game plan is? Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. Yep, she kept it simple. Just through jabs, a couple body shots here and there. She didn't do anything, like she didn't throw anything wild. She just completely like simplified it and it works. Yeah. Because all the fighters before Juliana Pena we're so focused on trying to like strategize and try to get that one shot that would knock her out. Mm-hmm. When was the last time Manny Nunez was knocked out in a fight? Was she ever? She was TKO'd in a fight. I know that. But I don't think she was ever knocked out in a fight. Uh-huh. Her loss to Katzengano was a third round TKO via ground and pound. Uh-huh. Um. Um, and also, so you remember this fight was supposed to happen back in August, but Nunes had to pull out because she contracted the virus that has been the reason why we've had been living in a pandemic stricken world. Mm -hmm. Maybe she didn't recover from the virus. What's that? Maybe she didn't recover from the virus. And that's where I'm going to get at, actually. There are law, and this is with me not being political or everything, because I talked to a friend who actually did have it and mm-hmm. suffered from long-term effects for almost, I want to say she had her, she is just now recovering. That virus impacts your lungs, it impacts your breathing, even when the virus is out of your system. Mm-hmm. So... And tying that into the fact that Nunez gasses out the longer the fight goes, it could be, you could make an argument that that virus kind of like cut her cardio in half. And so mm-hmm. she tired out a lot more quicker. So I, I honestly believe, I don't think Nunez gave up. I think she just gassed out a lot quicker than we're used to seeing her getting gassed out. Yeah. Um, you um, can even. Yeah. I, I was just, I was gonna say I. You, you could even see in the second round when she was trying to throw punches, they didn't look as strong. Like it looked mm-hmm. like they were taxing her body a little bit. Like it was, ha- she was having very difficulty, a difficult time breathing. Yeah, and I actually hate um, having these kinds of conversations. Because mm-hmm. we're like, instead of rewarding Kenya with having her best fight ever, we're like excusing Nunez 
for not having a good fight, thereby the conversation is still on Nunez when it probably should be on Pena. And I 100% agree with that. And I don't, I don't want to reduce Pena's win. Whatever it was, whatever was going on with, with, with Nunez, it is what it is. And she just, she just lost, plain and simple. It wasn't for a lack of effort. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I'm just playing this uh, clip from Kat mm-hmm. Zingano. That that's that's what happens when you weather the storm because. That's where you give props to Pena that she weathered that onslaught from Nunez in that first round and it helped her to victory. Yeah. Yep. And yep. that that kind of buys into like the whole, not to the whole gassing out thing. Like if you can just embrace it and like just play survival, right. it just it just takes one shot and you got it. And right. so definitely I I definitely am not diminishing Pena's win. She as we said, kept it simple, stupid, weathered that storm, and she just had a good game plan and what managed to outsmart Nunez, which not, she's actually only the second fighter in the UFC to ever outsmart Nunez, the only other one being Kat Zingano. Yeah. Because what Kat Zingano did in their fight, she weathered that storm because she was getting beaten badly in that first round. And she took complete control of that second and finished it in the third. So Pena took a page out of Kat Zingano's book and got the win because she was the storm and kept it simple. And that's all there is to it. So round of applause for Juliana Pena. For round of applause. I hope our friend sends us another question because I've just spent like 20 minutes calling her Kate. Oh, Cakes. And it's cakes. Yeah, it's cakes. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's okay. She'll forgive you. But thank I'm you. Sorry, cakes. cakes. But we do thank you for the question because that's, I think that's probably one of the better questions we have gotten. Good question. So far. Good but question. we do ha- we do have one more question. And yes. it, is, it is from Kairos from the Shots Fired podcast. His first voice question to us. Take it away, Kairos. What's going on, Laurel? What's going on, Ty? Okay. There are some major questions that I need to ask you. And I need you to be honest with me. First question. Does Charles Oliveira's glove pull in round one have any tarnishing like factors on his actual victory of the night? Me personally, I don't think so. Secondly. Do the people who chose Juliana Pena over Amanda deserve praise or deserve scrutiny for picking Juliana? <laughs> Last but not least, where do you see the ceiling on Dominic Cruz's resurgence in the bantamweight division? Because me, I think he can make it, as me trying not to be biased, me trying not to be biased, I think he can make it to the top six, maybe top five. Me being biased? I think that boy Dom Cruz could win the title. But that's just me. What do you guys think? Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. All right. First question. Did the did the glove pull impact the fight for Oliver and Poirier? Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm going to agree with them. I don't think it had any impact of it. Although... If he, Oliver, had used that to get the submission, then yes. 
but it I don't think he really did much with it because Poirier was able to get out of it. So I'm going to just, I'm going to agree with him and say that the glove pull had no effect on the outcome of the fight. It looked like nothing. For the whole two milliseconds, it was, it was a glove pull, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think that Joe Rogan made too big of a deal of it. I know it's illegal, but Joe likes drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does. He likes to talk about those things. I don't, I didn't, in my opinion, impact the the fight at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We agree with you, Kairos. I don't think it played any impact on the outcome of that fight no no not at all um the second one I mean, a lot of illegal things don't have an outcome on a fight right so how do you take that into consideration true very true because didn't connor pull Dustin's glove in the first, in that third fight and um dustin still kicked his ass yeah i mean those are the things that it's up to the refs to to decide mm-hmm. or take notice of and quite honestly if he wasn't in a good position to see it then that's something that dustin's team should be talking to the official about right uh but I can't recall, did the team identify the glove pull during the, the fight or was it only afterwards? Say it one more time. Did Dustin's team identify mm-hmm. the glove pull during the match or was it after the match? when others were saying things that they finally talked about it i think it was others were saying something because he didn't really address it like he didn't make any note of it until uh and it was actually joe rogan that asked him the question after the fight like did that oh. play? that's the only, i think that's the only time he that's the time he adjust not adjusted to it he addressed it he might have addressed it in the post-fight uh press conference but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look back at that so I don't think so. Then uh, it was nothing. Yeah, it was a non-factor. Well, Dustin, you know, fighters talk all the time. Right. He could have said his fingers are in my gloves. Mm-hmm. No, I've heard him. Yeah, I don't think he ever said anything about it either. At least I didn't see him talk about it at all. I mean, he could have said it after the round, too, and the his team, you know, could have said something. So people are making something out of nothing. Right. <laughs> of course yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, second half, that question, praise or scrutiny for people that picked Pena over Nunez? Scrutiny, those damn sabotagers, sabotage the day right? made Amanda lose. <laughs> um, 
but praise because you go with your gut sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's what sometimes you want someone to win so bad that it happens. You speak it into existence, basically. You speak it into existence. And Travis, I give him praise because he did say, like, I think it was close to 12 hours before the fight even started. Like, Pena's going to win. Like, all right. Like, it would, I say it'd be interesting to see. And then also, I'm like, whoa. All right, then. Maybe people think of, of, of Nunez as Alabama football, where they get tired of the <laughs> They get tired of the winning. Like, oh my God, please lose so we don't have to see you again. That's a good analogy. Those people, though, should take their opinions to the trash <laughs> regarding Amanda Nunez, not Alabama football. Right. <laughs> uh, um, third question. I know you wanted to address this a lot. Um, his resurgence, Dominic Cruz is what we're talking about, his resurgence in the Bantamweight division, how far do we think he can go? Kairos thinks his unbiased opinion, top five, top six, his, I guess would be his biased opinion, go all the way to the top and win the title. Like, oh, uh, because you talked about it earlier, I'll let you address it first. I um, I admire the opinion, but I don't believe the opinion. I, I think that uh, Dominic Cruz has a lot to change about his game, his, his fighting game, his fighting style before he can be a top five or top six contender. I mean, I think that he's a really gutsy dude. I think that he's, he's quick. I don't think that he, um, when you, and again, it's, it's, it's Bantamweight, so a lot, of, a lot of striking there, but even his striking doesn't thrill me that much. I mean, he spends, if, if, if you count his, if you look at his punch combinations, for instance, if you, if you look at a five punch combination he does, you can, you can bet that two or three of those punches, his head, it's, his face is looking at the ground and not even his opponent. I just, uh -huh. he has some things that he needs to change within his fight style before he's gonna go to the top of, of that, that division. I think it just needs work. I think he could have a high ceiling, but some of the things that he does, I feel are really muscle memory type situations that are very hard to change. And, and once you get into a bad habit like that, that habit tends to stay and, and it's pretty predictable. So while I like him, I think he's a great, uh, good fighter I don't think that he is a great fighter and for me I wouldn't place him in the top five or six just for that reason I just don't think that he's he's going to go to the top 
he's fun to watch, no doubt. But he's easy to pick apart if you're a guy that has a lot of boxing experience. Right. Uh, that's a tough question to ask, and, uh, to answer. Um, just trying to look at the state, remember the state of the Bantamweight division, because you have your Peter Yawn, you have your Aldrin Sterling, you have Corey Sanhagen, you have TJ mm-hmm. Dillashaw, you have, Co- I said Corey Sanhagen, right? Oh, Jose Aldo, mm-hmm. that's Jose Aldo's who I'm missing. Um, you just have a lot of people at the top five. Um, and they're much better fighters. Yeah. Um, I mean, just analyzing everything, I think, I think he definitely could be a top. I'm gonna say he could be a top five fighter, but I think that's about as far as he can get, unless he can find some way to turn back the clock. Because I'm trying to think of everyone who's in front of him, or the top five right now. It'd be interesting to see if they end up doing a match between Cruz and Aldo, see how those two would match up against each other. Because Aldo's another fighter who has seemed to have found his fountain of youth in the Bantamweight instead of the featherweight division. And then, mm-hmm. but I think other than, I think Aldo would be the one fighter he could have stand a chance against if he, if he like works his way up there. But Jan Sanhagen, even Sterling, I, I know he has a win over Dillashaw. And he, I mean, that could be one where I could see a big upsets and that he beats Dillashaw just by outpointing him and just like doing well with striking. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jan, I don't see it. Sanhagen, I don't see it. Sterling, as of right now, I don't see it, but my opinion could change on that. So I think those t- the three guys up there, other than TJ Dillshaw, I don't think Cruz could beat right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can see top five for sure, but I don't think I can see him winning the title. But... As we've said, and anything can happen in any given fight. Indeed. <laughs> so thank you, Kairos, for the question. If you, um, oh gosh, where was I going with this? Um, if you want to hear more from him, he is on the Shots Fired podcast. Um, him and Mike Morgan, Mike, um, sorry, him, Mike Morgan, Chisenga, and Gina. Um, all four really great conversationalists, all four. Laurel, if you haven't checked out Shots Fired yet, you definitely need to check it out. You know, he has a very nice voice. I'm going to check it out on voice alone. <laughs> I will tell you, he, from my experience listening to that podcast, he gets very animated. And I, that's pretty much one of the reasons why I tune in and listen, just just if he gets to that point, like, yes, yes. You know, I mean, I agree on a whole lot of things, but I definitely respect and value all of his opinions. I'm doing it. I'm doing it tomorrow. Do it. I think, their, it. I think their next episode comes out tomorrow. I'm fairly certain. So Nice. Um, but that is, 
So we had a very good variety of voice questions. Thank you to everyone that has sent in a question in some format or another. Thank you, thank you. All right, now we get into the last fight card of the year, UFC Vegas 45 between Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins. Mm. That's gonna be a punch fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was looking at this card, I was looking at the main card before we came on, before we came on, and this has potential to be sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll start with our first fight. Um Cub Swanson versus Darren Elkins, two veterans of the UFC. Um a good striker versus grappler matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer fight than is believed. Um, Elkins has the ability to finish you by KO at any given moment, and Cub Swanson can just submit you like he, like he's a like a Caesar Gracie Jiu Jitsu fighter, basically. Um, so this one was really hard for me to pick, but in the end, I am decided to go with Cub Swanson via submission in the second round. Oh. And I think he's gonna do it by doing a guillotine choke while he is like holding onto his neck and his kind of like how um, kind of like how Brian Ortega submitted Cub Swanson. That's how I see Cub Swanson submitting Darren Elkins. <laughs> Wow, that's specific of you. So I, I have not yet decided, but maybe after hearing myself out loud, I will. Okay. So when I watched Swanson's fights, I watched two of his fights today. I was like, man, this guy's a little bit careless. He throws in multiples, predominantly from his right side, which is pretty predictable. Uh, he's got really fast kicks, and he's kind of a knockout hunter. And then I go on to Elkins, and I'm just like, dude's patient. He has pretty good takedowns. He's effective in the clinch. He's good on the ground, but kind of slower. So you're looking at someone that's fast-paced versus someone that's slow paced and what's what's Elkins going to do if if Swanson you know really attacks him aggressively with with his striking capabilities and I guess for me um I'm thinking that Elkins will take him to the ground but then you watch a second fight for Swanson and he's got a decent grappling history too and so Initially, my brain went to Swanson because I think that he is just, his skill set will overtake what Elkins, Elkins can do. And, and granted, Elkins, the fight that I watched, I think it was Rob Font. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the Font fight, which he really wasn't going to go anywhere with. And 
I, I think that that um, is still the case. I don't think he'll get very far with Swanson. I don't see it see it happening. I I really think that that Swanson's probably going to win this win this bout. Okay. Round of applause. <laughs> uh, applause. Uh, next up, we have Diego Fiera. Oh, I actually said that correctly. Um, this one's not going to be really easy. Um, Matazus Skemrot. I probably butchered. I know I butchered the first name, but I know I got the last name right. Um, this is a very even fight on paper. Um, I think Gamrot could be a very big star in his division. Um, I'm very intrigued to this fight because Diego matches his reach. Um, not matches reach. Diego has a better reach. Um, yet Gamrot is the taller guy. But Gamrot is really good on the ground, good with his grappling, good with his takedown, and he prevents takedowns himself because I think he's at a hundred percent takedown defense. Um, Diego's kind of like hit and miss. He's kind of like up and down, but he could be a really good contender if he can piece it all together. But with that said, I think Gamrot takes this fight because I think he's going to use the takedown um, and just try to control it on the ground or control it by grappling. And that's how he gets it done. He'll throw a couple strikes here and there. Um, but I don't think Fiera is going to have an answer for him. Yeah, I think um, I, I also chose Gamrot. To win, I think that his skill set is just greater than what Barrera. Barrera. Um, and I, I pick him to win. I don't think this will be kind of much of a bout, but it could be. Yeah. Has it has potential. Yeah. 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 Um. Next up, I'll let you start off with this one. We have Rafael Sunsau versus Ricky Simon. Ah, yes. So I think this one might be the most interesting fight of the night, actually. Uh, two fighters that um, Austin, Austin Kyle, Kale, Austin Kale. Well, mm-hmm. Knockout. His flying knees are fantastic, and he's just really well-rounded as a stand-up guy. I think that Simon, though, can really take a punch. He's busy, and he's strong. Um, his wrestling is is pretty legit. I actually have picked Simon to win this, um, maybe against my better judgment, but I think that he, uh, maybe this one will probably go to decision. Maybe, probably, maybe it'll go to decision and uh, Simon will end up, up winning. I really think that Simon is kind of the more rounded, better better guy on, on both fronts, both as a, a striker and a wrestler, whereas Austin 
awesome cow or a sun sow. That's that. Hmm? A sun sow? A sun cow? You pronounce it a sun sow. A sun sow? Like a sun and then sow. Like, like so, but sow. Oh, okay. A sun sow. Um, I just. I think that Simon's the better fighter on this one. Okay. But it's a really interesting match. I agree. And you and I must have that same intuition because I also have Simon winning this fight. Mm -hmm. um, it's already looked, I think it's an unranked prospect. Simon has been up and down a little bit, but he's definitely got the tools if he can piece it up together. And a sun style has started to develop more into this like the bantamweight gatekeeper in a sense like mm -hmm. he's really good that he can knock down some prospects but he can also lose to some prospects right and so i think simon is going to end up getting the better of him and remember santo is coming off of that knockout loss the only victory by cody garbrandt in the last five years and so i think simon gets the victory and i also am going to say it by decision Um, I'll take this next one, uh, Amanda Lemos versus Angela Hill. Didn't Angela Hill just fight? Possibly. I don't remember the last time she fought. But I know she went on that tear, like I think in 2020, where she was fighting like every three weeks. You know, I just, I just really want this girl to win, and she's just <laughs> she just has a really hard uphill battle in her division. Mm -hmm. She fought August seventh. Okay, so two sixty five. She last fought. Yeah. And who did she face? What's that? Who was her last opponent? Torres. Who? Torres. Oh, Tisha Torres. Oh my gosh, Tisha. I forgot. I totally forgot they fought. That's right. Yeah. That one was a really good fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she lost by unanimous decision. Yeah. I think Angela Hill got pretty, I think, Torres pretty much dominated that fight, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I want her to win, but I don't think she'll win. Um, I think that Lemo, Lemos, Lemos, mm -hmm. um, however you pronounce that, is um, more powerful. Right. And a better striker. I mean, I just don't. Um, I don't think that Hill. I'm always surprised at where Hill sits in in the rankings, but. Um, and it's not that she's bad. It's just that maybe the fighters below her aren't bad either. Right. You're just doing it. <laughs> Whoever's least bad, I guess. <laughs> that sounds funny to say, but I just don't think that she's 
Anything special? Start with that. Um, yeah, she's like one of those fighters that's like up and down. Um, trying to think of the right word. Like she can win some really grueling fights, but there's also some fights where she's like losing or like just is on the wrong end of decisions. Um, but I think this fight's going to be different in the fact that Amanda Lemos is just, I think it's just going to be too much for Angela Hill. And I didn't write a whole lot on it because Le Amanda Lemos has some dangerous knockout power. Yeah. Um, she's just stronger. Yeah. And that's the fact too. She's just a lot stronger than Angela Hill. Um, so I also have Lemos win this fight and I actually have it ending fairly quickly um I have it when I have her winning by TKO in round number one mm. ouch sorry sorry for all the Angela Hill fans but <laughs> just how it just challenging it, it is challenging mm. um next we have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus the law, remember the name Muhammad. This fight just came together, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this fight. I feel like Stephen Thompson has, has um, like most of his wins are against really careless opponents. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have signature wins to me, but when and, and I do believe that he's he's a decent fighter, it's just that I think that Muhammad has lightning fast hands and high striking accuracy, and I think that he's just going to whoop Stephen Thompson. Now I know that that's not what the Vegas odds are putting out, but. They must be seeing something I don't because I'm confused on this one how Steven Thompson is is the winner. And maybe the fight will prove me wrong when I watch the fight, but Muhammad is beast mode activated. Mm -hmm. So I'm not not sure what they're seeing compared to what I'm seeing, but I don't know. Uh, I can provide um counteractive to that in a sense um as far as um excuse me um wonder boy's track record he does own a victory over gamebred mm. i think that's his and then he did draw he did um and um not end. he fought to a draw with tyron woodley in their first fight mm -hmm. and so for whatever that's worth. Um, is that the same Tyron Woodley that's fighting Jake Paul? <laughs> um, that's when Tyron Woodley was in his prime. Yeah, that's not fucking signature fighting anymore, dude. When you go down to Jake Paul level, you can't consider a beat over Woodley of a significant win. Don't say it. I'm not going to say anything. Um, 
I think it's an interesting fight. Um, I think the kickboxing of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson could play a factor because he has those long, lengthy legs that could keep the distance between him and Muhammad. Um, and I also think that whoever comes out of this fight as a victor could be in for like something amazing for them regarding their progress in the welterweight division. Although it's gonna be a lot, it's gonna be a lot bigger for um, Bilal Muhammad if he wins it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna be like I think the second time or third time I've used this, the word gatekeeper, but. Thompson, I don't, I don't even think this is much of a gatekeeper fight. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I think Wonder Boy, if he, if he doesn't win this fight. <sighs> he goes back to a Calvin Klein underwear model? <laughs> Not so much that, more so we're probably going to see him less and less. Just because I think he is getting up there in age. I think he's like in his late 30s. Um, But I'm going to give him one more win just to see if he can get something going. Especially because he's like one of the very few that hasn't fought in Kamar Usman yet. And so I think he'll need this one and possibly one more win. If he had beaten Burns in his last fight, then this fight could be for This could be the number one contender potentially. If you can overlook, if you, not, if you can overlook, if you can leapfrog Leon Edwards, and so I'm going to give this one to Wonder Boy based on his kickboxing and his ability to keep the distance, and I have it going by decision. Okay. There <laughs> can only be Wonder Boy. One Wonder Boy. There can only be one Wonder Boy. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow, we've gotten to our main event already. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Chris Dawkins. Chris Fatty Dawkins? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm, I need a drink. Chris No Muscle Tone Dawkins? Is this my guy, the mu- No Muscle Tone guy? It is, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly. He's the one I mock because he doesn't have muscles. Oh, is he? I did I not know this. Say that to his face, by the way. <laughs> I hope that'd not. Be, that'd be stupid. Yeah, kind of would. Just, just a little bit. Just a little. Um, this one is tearing me up. Yeah, this one can go either way, honestly. I know it's. What's your gut tell you? My guts. My gut is telling me Derek Lewis. And, I, I, I'm gonna, and this is the reason why. Um, Dawkins is coming off a huge win. Although I kind of worry because anytime Derek Lewis comes off the loss, he doesn't do really well in his, last, in his next fight. We saw that when he lost to DC for the title. And I think he lost, he lost to someone later on. I can't remember who it was, though. 
Um, but it's it's really difficult because is it because you want Derek Lewis to win? Oh no, not not by any stretch of the imagination. That's not why. I just I think this is just going to be too big of a step up in competition for Dawkins. That's the I think that's what I'm thinking because his last fight was against someone. Who is who is ranked? But I'm trying to. What's his name? Abder Akamiv. I sorry if I butchered that. I don't know why I'm saying sorry because I don't even know who I'm saying sorry to. Um, I just think it's gonna be too steep of a too too quick of a jump in competition for him. Even though he's ranked number seven, I'd rather see him not go up against someone who had just recently fought for a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it, I think Dawkins is going to hit, be hit with the cold, tough reality of Derek Lewis's right hand. And I think that Derek Lewis wins by, I'm going to say clean knockout in the second round. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I I'm actually going to go with Dacus on on this I think. Okay. I um I agree with you that it's a big jump for him. Uh-huh. Um it, as far as the rankings are concerned what what I like about him is his flurry of, of punches. I'm not sure that Derek Lewis can withstand that mm-hmm. the onslaught. That's the only thing that worries me about Derek Lewis. And I would say that's I I think that Dacus's game plan, every fight is just that flurry of punches. Right. Just keeps on it. And I just think that he is, even though he doesn't look to have any muscles, he's he's well conditioned. Uh-huh. And I think that we talked about before that that Derek Lewis is always looking for that knockout. Uh-huh. That always worries me for fighters like that. Right. I don't think that that Chris Dacus is that guy that is the gets knocked out with one one punch kind of guy. So um, Dacus seems to maybe smother his opponents a little bit. And I think that if you're a guy that's looking for that that knockout punch it's harder to come by with when you're competing against a guy that's that's a smotherer so for that reason i am picking dacus um and that's just what my gut's telling me to i'm i'm not uh confident (laughs) 
<laughs> totally get it. I'm worried. <laughs> All right, I think that covers our prediction. So two of them were different. And so either we'll be, so actually I would have to win them both to be tied again, going That's into right. go, going into 2022. Yes. <laughs> All right. So last up, we got, we're going to quickly touch up on some MMA news. All three aren't really, well, one is kind of a talking news because you, Minnie, and I discussed that UFC 271 was happening in Houston in February, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And on the 269 broadcast, they announced uh, the main events for that UFC 271 card is going to be between, as we talked about a little bit, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, the rematch. Easy, easy, easy. You can say, if you support me at my jiu-jitsu tournament, I'll come to Houston and support you in your fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be thinking about that. <laughs> you never know. We don't have a mask mandate where I'm going, so. <laughs> ah, sure. Might not, might not be, uh, might might not be a good idea. Yeah. Um. Also, like if you do go, let us let me know if you see Booger Beard there. I will, uh, I'll get him a t-shirt. Tell him I'll get him a t-shirt. Okay. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, second piece of news. It's a very, very brief one. Um, Rose Namajunas wants Carla Esparza as her next title, as her next title fight. That's fun. And, which I'm perfectly okay with because that's the fight they should have made in the first place before they did the rematch right. with Sean Boyle, but. Right. Dana, you better give it to Carla Sparza. If you give it to someone else, I swear there will be there will uh, there will be riots in front of the UFC performance. So see how that develops. Rose, Rose. <laughs> and, I want to see Rose fight everybody. Uh, she, she could very well fight everybody. Um. Yeah, that, that's the only fight that makes sense. I was really hoping, like, if Mackenzie Dern won, you could probably, like, push that narrative, but mm -hmm. you, sadly, Mackenzie Dern lost, so. Um, and then the last piece of news is, I think it's on, I think it's supposed to happen on Sunday. I'm going to have to double check. Um, got the rematch between Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. But why? What? Yeah, they're rematching on Sunday. Oh. Uh-huh. At least that's what I heard. Let me just double check to make sure I've got that correct. How many times can one man get his face beat in? How many times can one, one guy just fake losing just to get money 
I mean, apparently he thinks it's acceptable. Pride. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's actually on Saturday. Oh, gosh. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be the pay per view is 60 bucks. Fudge that. I'll watch on a stream network for free. No, yes. actually, I won't because I do not watch Jake Paul. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to skip that one myself. I, I'm perfectly content watching Lewis versus Dawkus rather than Paul versus Woodley. Heck, I'd watch uh, I'd watch paint dry before I watch Paul versus Woodley. I'd pick up dog poop in my yard before I watch Jake Paul. <laughs> I had to do that today. That was not fun. Oh gosh, when it thaws, when What's it thaws and then thaws, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like Jake Paul. Yeah. The worst. I can think of better things to spend 60 bucks on, honestly. Oh my gosh, yeah. New plants for my plant room. I need to get her worthy. What can I spend 60 bucks on? Why, do, what, why don't we ask the viewers this week? Like the viewer, we should put out a poll. What would be... If you had 60 bucks, what would you spend it on? Tacos or Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley? Did you say tacos? Yeah. If, if that poll does not get 100% for tacos. I know. We know who to block. <laughs> yeah. Or Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. If you're really... If you're broccoli really cooked, cooked broccoli. <laughs> so if you're really that bored and you're itching for fights, sure, but I wouldn't. As someone who saw the first fight, I wouldn't recommend it. And yes, I saw the first fight because I was like, okay, this let, let's I'll entertain this. Of course, I illegally streamed it. Don't tell, don't tell anyone. Don't tell. Yeah. I just lost a little respect for you. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Tis okay. I lost, okay. I lost respect for my own self. <laughs> but I believe that is all we have for today. Oh, okay. Then. All right. Um, I don't know if we're gonna have. I honestly like am contemplating not having a podcast because we're not. The only thing we're gonna really be able to discuss is the fights that happened, and I guess some potential. Although we could save the MMA awards for January because that's usually around the time they do those, right? Yeah, I don't know, but. Oh, and you know what with Christmas? You know what? No, you know what? We are going to take a hiatus. Um, we'll update we'll update the pics on our Twitter page. Yes. Um, and go from there. Um, 
So this is our last. Yeah, you know episode what? This for is, the year. This is gonna be. A, this is our last episode for the year. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So we will probably. When are we gonna return? Let me see. I think the first card next year is. Yeah, January fifteenth. So we've got one, two, three, three week hiatus. Whoa. We'll be on Twitter though. If you miss us, then you you contact us there. Yes. I will be playing some UFC on the good old Xbox. So any gamers out there that want to play, you're more than welcome to. We'll figure, we may figure out something to do, but yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll keep you all updated. Until then, questions, suggestions, voice questions. Um, tell us how your Christmas goes. Tell us how your New Year goes. Any of that. You can reach us at our Twitter page at FKTC Pod, or you can reach one of us. You can reach either of us individually as long as it is safe for work. Mm-hmm. You can reach Laurel at Rain Based. You can reach me. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can reach Ty at TyFlyGuy15. But until then, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks, protect your necks from my throat cuddles. And our golden rule is never leave the children in the hands of the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, We hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful new year. And we will see you all. We'll see you all in the podcast airwaves in 2022. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 Bye.